All right, everyone. Thank you all so very much for taking this most delightful trek with us. Today's installment is about Discovery's Season 4, Episode 2, aptly titled Anomaly. This is the only live show we offer because it is our flagship presentation. I'm honored to serve as your guest. My name is Jermaine Watson. Before we go any further, um, I wanted to take this time. I wanted to give you the time to like, follow, join, subscribe, comment, and share in whatever medium you're currently watching or listening to us. Later, I will be joined by my co-host, William Walford. And also, we have some very special guests Robin Alyssa, Brian White, and Brandon Yarn. When they arrive, they will introduce themselves to you all. Today's show is all about discovery. We're going to specifically cover last week's show, so no spoilers needed. Yes, today is Thursday. Yes, a new episode came out today, but we're going to cover last week's episode, okay? And again, that is titled Anomaly. Um, also, this would be a great time for us to basically tell you about our upcoming shows. So earlier I said that this is our only live show, and that's true. It is our only live show. But what we've decided to do, because we've been having so much fun, is we have decided to pre-record some shows. So um, on Mondays, we have LGB Trek. Tuesdays are Tech Trek. Wednesdays are either What If Wednesdays or Fight for the Patriarchy Wednesdays. And what that means is um, on alternating weeks, one week you'll have What If Wednesdays and on the other week you will have Fight the Patriarchy. These are awesome shows with awesome ideas, superb hosts, and spectacular guests. We will still have our Thursday live shows updating you about the most recent edition of Star Trek or other Trek happenings. But we will also add Newsflash Fridays and Section 31 Saturdays. These shows are sexy, sexy, sexy. I tell you they're so sexy. We've already recorded some of the shows. And let me tell you, they are fun. We debate. And of course, we always follow Starfleet Decor. So make certain you have liked, followed, and subscribed, and make certain you get notified when we post. Now back to tonight's business. All right. So today what we're going to do, as I said earlier, we are going to basically go over Anomaly. So Anomaly is the second episode of season four. So first... First thing that I wanted to talk about is basically the revolving doors that we have going on within Discovery. And what I mean by revolving doors is basically we have a captain. What well, starts with Jarjo, right? And then later we get uh, oh oh god, what was his name? I forgot his name already. Um, uh, we we get him who is from the Mirror Universe. Um, and then also after him we get uh, Pike, um, from the Enterprise. And then we get Saru, and now we have Burnham. But guess what? In addition to the captain's chair, we also have the, the first officer's chair, right? Starts with Burnham, then goes to Saru, then goes to Tilly, and now back to Saru. All right, a lot going on, a lot going on, a lot going on, all right? Um, 
I was supposed to have my um, my co-host. I was also supposed to have my guest. So basically, I'm just going to riff until they join me. Um, I believe on starting on time. I believe in starting on time. Start on time, end on time, all the other good stuff. All right. So um, the back and forth of this show is so unlike any other show that we've ever dealt with, right? So if you think about... Um, if you think about Star Trek The Next Generation, there was never a change, except for a short change when Picard was um, was was basically uh, assimilated, right? Um, short change there. Um, there was a, a captain that came in. Um, there was also a first officer that came in, right? But we went right back to what we knew and what we loved. DS9, there was never a change. Um, Voyager, there was outside of um, getting a new first officer, there was never a change with uh, with Voyager. William, thank you for joining us. Do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, my name is William Walford. I'm 27 from Little Rock, Arkansas, and I'm a huge Trek fan for those of you that don't know me. Also, one of the video editors and co-hosts for our Trucker's Delight done by, where is he at? This way. Yep, Jermaine over here. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and yeah, Jermaine, I actually got a little surprise for you. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's actually um, uploaded right there in the video clips. And I think you'll be in for a little bit of surprise. I promise you. But anyway, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. You know, I like to start on time so that we can end on time and everyone can go back to their lovely lives. Look, see, we have we, we started off with two viewers. We had three. We just lost one, but it's OK. We're going to get them back. Um, <laughs> what I was talking about was I was talking about the um, the revolving doors of captains and first officers. And I was um, basically just um, commenting on the fact that, you know, um, Discovery has its fair share of uh, of captains and first officers. And it's so unlike the world of Star Trek that we know, especially from the next generation. Yeah. Um, DS9, even Voyager, right? Yeah. So it's completely different. And so I just wanted to get your, I want to quickly get your, your thoughts on that. Um, could you, okay, I see it in a general sense. Can you like ask me the question like directly? Like, so I can answer it kind of directly. Um, Cause it's like, I, I, could, I could like talk about so many different um generalizations that, that you just made as far as between captains and first officers because like i'm going to like like ask me something so specifically discovery has lots of captains and first officers mm -hmm. which is unlike other shows mm -hmm. what are your thoughts on that it's like so it, it definitely um breaks the tradition as far as um not if you can call it a tradition if you play it breaks the tradition in the sense of oh this this star trek show has the captain and the first officer well that's not always the case because i remember in another scenario there was deep space nine which started off as a commander and honestly you know what let, let me ask you this did benjamin oh well you know kieran Reese, i guess you would consider the first officer if you really, really consider that but even then he still started off as a commander before he came captain and if you follow 
Michael Burnham's um, character in Discovery, you'll know that if I'm correct, I believe she starts as commander and first officer as well. Well, he wasn't first officer, but he was commander. So she starts off as commander. Is that right? But at least at least that's what I think. So anyway, I'm sorry. Could you repeat that last part again? Um, Michael Burnham started off as commander before becoming captain, just like Benjamin Sisko started off as commander before com- before com- became before becoming captain. Right. Yeah. So, um, like, Deep Space Nine and TNG, huh? Discovery are, like, the only ones that, only two Star Trek shows that I know that, like, break the traditional cycle, oh, this is the captain and this is the first officer. Like, I mean, and Discovery just go all the way around with it. Like, for a while, we had a mirror universe captain and didn't even know it. <laughs> like, like, whoa. I was actually kind of hoping we see more of them. But, um, but yeah, I, I think, I think that it definitely opens the door. It makes me wonder, like, if this is the case, what is the possibility of, we see what Picard is. Picard is basically, you know, what happened 20 years later. But it makes me wonder, what's Section 31 going to be like? You know? <laughs> That's an what's excellent that question. Um, but let me let me take it back um, before we delve into Section 31. Um, so this is what I gather. So in Enterprise, right? So mm-hmm. with Enterprise, you have you have Archer. Um, mm-hmm. He was supposed to have, well, he wanted to have um, a first officer from Earth, but he ended up having having T'Pol from Vulcan. Mm-hmm. Um, with with the original show, we first start off with Pike. Um, there was a, a, a first officer, um, a female mm-hmm. first officer. Ooh, I can't right. remember her name. Right. I, top of my head and then we end up with um with kirk and um and spock as first officer all right Right. and so in my mind what i'm thinking is this i'm thinking um in the early days things were chaotic right because they were trying to find their footing and what i'm what i mean by that is i'm talking about um star trek and not star trek but starfleet in general right Mm -hmm. and the further along you go in the show you see, or I should say the franchise, you see more stability, right? Right. And so that kind of like adds to that, right? Okay, you know, like in the beginning, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of stability because they were trying to find their footing. Um, Things were kind of loose. They were kind of fast, kind of frontier-like, shoot first, ask questions later. Um, And that kind of, you know, goes into um, the Prime Directive. I think uh, TNG like really explored the Prime Directive a little bit more than um, most other shows. I think I think that um, TNG explored the Prime Directive, um, and it, it's like we we kind of we kind of almost ignore Enterprise because they were just establishing the Prime Directive. But I would say that the Prime Directive was pushed in Voyager because how do you apply it when you're quite literally in the middle of nowhere? You know, it's just like and and, and it's like both Janeway and Picard in their own way have said that they both have bended um the prime direct the prime directive but never actually broke it even though it's up for debate you know it's it's really up for debate um so uh let me ask you this real quick as far as like um the stream link yeah so we're trying to we're trying to guys we're trying to get everyone else on here because trust me we have a whole cheaper by the dozen family that is about to join here in just a few uh, just a minute but yeah while jermaine is working on that i would say that 
um, Voyager definitely pushed the Prime Directive a lot. And you really get to see that when you see um, the dynamic between um, Janeway and Captain Ransom, where you actually do see, hey, what's up, Brandon? How you doing, folks? Hey, hey, sorry, sorry, sorry. It took a minute. How did you, how did you, how did you find us? Uh, through the YouTube, the YouTube chat link. Um, okay. okay. Nothing else. Nothing else was working. <laughs> so. Okay, because I was sending the link to like everyone. Hey like, guys, hey, how's okay, it going? Okay, okay. <laughs> finally here, <clears throat> guys. We were just um uh, conversing on like <laughs> the compare and contrast, or at least um what do you think? Which um before we dive into our topics today, what show do you think pushed the boundaries aside from Enterprise? Pushed the boundaries of the Prime Directive the most? Well, that well. That really wasn't the the real question. We really talked. Oh, what was the question? I think we were talking about TNG for a minute. Well, yeah, yeah, we we went on a. We started talking about something else. Um, Oh, (laughs) yeah, we were really talking about um, the revolving doors of of captains and commanders on on Discovery, and then we we got into another um, conversation which led us there. But what I want to do is I want to I want to keep us um, on track. Um, So we're 14 (laughs) minutes in. Um, Let's move on just a little bit. And I I think this is going to like really be part of the main meat of what we talk about, Um, especially as it relates to mental health issues for the characters. Specifically, I want to look Mm -hmm. at Book, Tilly and even Detmer. They didn't talk a whole lot about Detmer. at all this season, but we know that she was going through something at the end of last season. And so I I do want us to talk about that just for a little bit, but in terms of mental health issues of the characters. So we know that look book book lost his home world. He lost his family. Mm -hmm. What first let's try to put ourselves in his place. What do you think is going on in books mind right now? Let's start with Brian. Well, um, like you said, he just lost his entire planet. And uh, as much as I hate to reference uh, JJ verse, uh, when Spock lost his entire planet, he was even even he as as half human, half Vulcan was, and I quote, emotionally compromised. (laughs) So, I mean, if a if a if a somebody who has basically embraced logic can feel that amount of loss what do you say about someone who is essentially uh empathic towards his entire planet i mean if you think about it his his species is essentially the navi you know they they communicate with the with the plants and and their entire planet as a whole well, he just lost his planet, so it's basically like losing a family member or or something like that. So, he, and and he, as far as I can tell, he hasn't really had enough time to process it at all. Um, he's basically just been going on adrenaline and 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 hate, instinct. yeah, it, instinct, yeah, trying to make the best of, of whatever pieces he has left. And uh, the, the, just such a profound loss. 
and he's just doing the best he can trying to you know push it all inside and and bottle it up that that's not good for anybody yeah yeah brandon well you know it's it really depends it, my perspective I just finished watching the most recent episode of Discovery as well, so it's. I haven't it's watched. Kind I, haven't of, watched I haven't watched. I can't hear. I, I haven't watched <laughs> it either, so don't feel too bad. Okay, so we so we can't discuss it. <laughs> Dang it! No, 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 no. That's where I was gonna go. No. All right. Well, then I will isolate myself to last week's episode. Um, so, uh, I, I I agree with Brian. I agree with Brian in a lot of ways, um, but at the same time, it's not just about bottling it up. It's about doing whatever you have to do to survive. You know, any, mm -hmm. anybody who, especially at this time where there's been a lot of loss of life in, you know, the public and in the real world, anybody who's ever lost anything or anyone, um, regardless of what it's from, there's so much loss. And every single person who's lost someone knows what it is to just pick yourself up by your bootstraps and keep moving forward. You mm -hmm. have to go to work. Yes. You have to do your job. You have to drive your car. You have to go get groceries. You have to take care of your other family and kids and, you know, clean your house and make you, you just you life has to go on. The whole phrase of life must go on in in books viewpoint. He lost everything except Burnham. Mm -hmm. he's not even really friends with anybody else on the crew. He's got Burnham. He lost everything and everyone and every, everything else that was part of his universe is just gone. Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody even alive today, even with the amount of loss that we've had with, you know, diseases and, and infections and cancer, I don't think anybody can even come close to experiencing that kind of a loss. Except and then we talk about, Except, except for Spock. Except for Spock, Spock. exactly. But yes. at the same time, sorry about that. Uh, but at the same time, going back to uh, an episode of of TNG, the one where uh, Troy temporarily loses her empathic abilities. Yeah. Oh, that was a deep that's one. true. Her patient was basically doing the same thing. Her husband yeah. had just died, and she wasn't dealing with it. She was essentially yeah. throwing herself into her work. And hoping that that would compensate for the loss by, you know, taking her mind off of it. Exactly. And that's the same thing that Book is doing by trying to throw himself into whatever and not processing the loss, not not allowing himself the time to grieve. But at the same time, think about it. He he really can't allow himself that time. His ship needs to be used. He's one of the best pilots that they've got for his ship. He understands how his ship functions. Discovery is still relatively new to this era. They don't understand completely how all their new tech works. You know, they're still playing catch up books lived in this world. So he's literally their lifeline. He's got to go in. He's got to get the data. His ship is the only thing that's there. So it's one of those things that like, yeah, he needs to give himself some time, but they're on this crunch and he can't. I love the fact that he's showing the emotions he is mm -hmm. because I, how he's not completely falling apart into complete shambles and just 
locking himself in his quarters. I, I don't understand. Well, right. I mean, it's it's and, and hold when, on a second. Hold on a second. Let me let, let me get in there because yeah. uh, that there, there was a specific time where um, uh, Burnham was talking to him and he was just like, "I need you to leave, William." Yeah. Um, th that was well to me. That was a real moment. Like for me, I probably would have yeah. like exploded. I would have I would have cursed her out. But he was just like, "I need <laughs> you to go," right? So in terms of like the real, the real, and before you answer it, like think about your 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 answer. Um, for me, when something like that happened, when my mom died, um, I did the same thing, Brandon. I immersed myself into work. I did whatever mm -hmm. I, I I can I continued my life, and guess what? Maybe nine months later, I I basically fainted at work. Yep. I you know I I had to my my blood pressure was. And it, it must have been that way for months. Didn't know it. My blood pressure was 220 over 180, you know, like something crazy, you know, like they were like, dude, you're supposed to be dead right now. <laughs> and I, I was lucky. One of my fraternity brothers, he was just like, hey, wait, didn't your mom die recently? Had he not been my fraternity brother and made that connection, I yeah. never would have gone to the to a doctor. And the doctor basically said, bro, you just need to cry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it definitely morning loss is important. But I mean, uh, uh, first of all, psychology is a bit of a hobby for me. But essentially, like that's that's basically going back to uh, what used to be the five stages of grief. Now it's actually seven. But, you know, basically back then, you know, you start out with just denial. You know, this did this this can't have happened. Then you move to anger, which like like uh, Jermaine was saying is like, yeah, he got he got mad. And, you know, but, you know, he, he basically went uh, books basically went straight to uh, depression at that point. Yeah, because yeah. He, he just he couldn't handle it. He, he witnessed his entire planet gone. You know, I, I you know, it's like I hear everyone and I totally agree because it's um, from the perspective, um, even with Spock, like in the in the Abrams, uh, in the Kelvin timeline, it's, you can say that his mom died right in front of him, mm -hmm. like just right dead or just right there. <coughs> um, nice cameo on, on the actress, by the way. But it, but mm -hmm. other than that, um, for me, I was I caregiver. I was a caregiver for my mother for three years. And in a way, it's a little bit weird because I it was in reverse for me. I was grieving while she was still here because I knew what was going to happen. Yeah. So I kind of like already passed like the first two stages, like already. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. I was I was a little bit ahead. And I was, you know, I'm still sad and all this stuff, but I was still hanging on to a lot um, in my hometown. I was still hanging on to a lot, not accepting that I needed help, mental help. That yeah. I needed it bad, because, but I mean, it sounds yeah. to me almost like you were experiencing the five stages in reverse. You had already I, accepted it before it had happened, before and then it you started happened. moving into depression and everything like that. So yeah, yeah. so so I yeah so it, it so when I saw that scene, and he he the dude he lost in a way everything, mm -hmm. everything that he knew. Okay, everything that he knew. So now, in a sense, 
you could almost say that he is in the same boat as Burnham right now because mm-hmm. that entire ship of Discovery had to leave everything 900 years exactly. ago. Mm-hmm. To them, everyone and everything they knew is not only dead, but dust. Wow. Yeah. Look, like, we, we, we could we could talk about book um, ad nauseum, um, but let's get some more in. Let's talk about um, Tilly. So, Brandon, um, so Tilly, right? So at, <laughs> basically towards the end, Tilly goes to Culver and she was just like, um, you know, she kind of stumbles over it, but she's basically like, I need help. Yeah, I exactly. need professional help. Yeah, I Brandon. Exactly. So what, There's can, a- can you like... Put us in the in in the frame of mind of what Tilly, Tilly is probably dealing with at that time. Absolutely, absolutely. To to do that properly, let's go back to the beginning of to the end of season two. Right. She's a she's a fresh cadet mm-hmm. put on a ship, had to go through a whole bunch of stuff, and go through the whole mirror universe situation. And then we're in season three and we're talking about, or at the end of season, you know, in season two, we're talking about, you know, the mirror universe. So she's exposed to something she's never experienced before. We're talking a fresh cadet, fresh out of the Academy and boom, she's thrown into this. uh, Talk about utter chaos. The, The typical cadet spends two or three years on a ship before they're promoted to, you know, to ensign, then, you know, Lieutenant junior grade, Lieutenant, you know, command, you know, Lieutenant Commander, Commander. So we're talking yeah, like years and years. And years and <laughs> <laughs> but we're talking, we're talking, and especially for someone who is already um, on the spectrum of sorts, I would, I would say, because you know she's already sensitive. She yeah, already understands a lot more about what the rest of the crew is going through, and then she has to go through all of this near disaster. And then the ship leaves her timeline. So she's missing her friends, her family, all the mm, Academy graduates she go. came up with. She's missing, um, shoot, her parents. Mm-hmm. Oh, Think okay. about that. Her grandparents, any siblings she might have had. We don't even oh, know oh. if she was an only child. or si- We don't know that much about her for, for us knowing her. Left. We don't even talk about that. Yeah, she's, right. and literally that was classified by Starfleet, so she's just missing in action. So think about that. Her family doesn't know what happened. Ooh, How is she dealing with her family knowing she's just gone? Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, she's transported into the future. Then there's all this new technology, so not only do you have to relearn basically what you went through the Academy because mm-hmm. everything's changed. Yeah. So you're talking about complete retraining your brain. And then on top of that... You're just pushed into event after event after event after event. She hasn't had time to cope with it. She Not only that, but now she has to worry about the burdens of command. Exactly. She's a lieutenant. She's in charge of crew. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm surprised that she didn't have a psychotic break. <laughs> I mean, if, I'm if wondering I, if I would. <laughs> can I, can I ask mm-hmm. you this question, Brandon? Yeah. Um, was it like an intentional move or was it like for the actress or for the writers for Tilly to gain a little bit of weight because I've noticed that she's picked up some and I'm all fine with it but I wanted to know was that like an actress thing or was this like a result because this is for pandemic me, it's pandemic because Burnham you know, gained I mean, weight yeah, too. yeah but <laughs> the reason I'm asking the question is because I went through the exact 
thing where I was thrown into um, uh, authoritative situations, promoted to this, doing this, Mm -hmm. opening my own business, helping my own town, all this stuff. And all all the while, I gained up to 316 pounds. Now, I done lost 40 of it now, but I gained because, and and I wouldn't accept I think everybody that that gets in any kind of an emotional situation understands that the easiest way to calm a person's emotions, especially through stress or hardship or pain or loss or anything is the most basic instinct among humanity. And that is to eat. Yep. They call it comfort food for a reason. Exactly. Now, was it intentional? Was it something the writers did? Did she actually just gain weight? I don't really know. Honestly, I, I set that aside because the reality, she's always been a little on the plus size. Yeah, she has. So so I'm not, I'm really, I'm going to chalk it up more towards by the season four of every single Star Trek episode of every single Star Trek series, they have started to loosen their belts a little bit by season four. So I kind of just chalked it up. They've got money now. They've got money Exactly. I kind of just chalked it up to they're used to the buffet (laughs) tables and, you know, whatever. (laughs) But, but it's a good, it's a good, it's a good look. But at the same time, like Jermaine said, you know, every single crew members kind of gained a little bit. Yeah. So we can't really just chalk it up to an emotional yeah. stress. Speak, or we speaking could. In, in strictly a, a psycho, psychophysiological sense, you know, stress and anxiety has a detrimental effect on on a person's metabolism. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, yeah. you, you start to worry and everything like that. Your metabolism Both slows down to a crawl. So, guys, I wanted to talk about Detmer, but it, we, we got really into this conversation. So we go, we're going to skip Detmer and we're going to move into the, the next segment of this. So we're going into segment three. So specifically, we're going to be talking about Stamets and Book. Um, and, you know, like they spent some time together on Book's ship. Right. So we also know that both of them are able to use the spore drive on oh, Discovery. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that right there gives them something in common right off the bat. It does. But let me tell you this. So I don't remember which episode it was that we all did, but someone said that someone from Discovery is supposed to die. I don't know if that's true or not. However, what I would do is I would put my 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 I don't know, my finger, my ring, whatever. And I will put my something in the ring, whatever. Put your hat in the ring. Put my head in the ring, and I would say that Stamets is going to die. Why would I say that? Because very rarely in Star Trek do you have two people able to do the same thing. Yes, you have your science officers in engineering, and they work close together, but at the same time, they do different things. In this case, two people who can operate the spore drive it's possible that they did this because, you know, at some point the two of them are going to be on one person is going to be on a plan another person, whatever. But I also think that it's quite possible that Stamets might die by the end of this season. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I, I, I don't think Saru. I give it to Saru on that one. I think he's going to go. You still think Saru? I do. I don't, I don't think they can kill Stamets, but I definitely think they could separate him from the crew. Because I do think that's a good I, I think I think there might be a twofold thing there. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt we're going to lose a primary cast member. We're gonna lose someone. Let me say something else too. Cause remember, like I guess we all assumed that Stamets was was the chief engineer. And then we find out he really wasn't the chief engineer. He was right? the closest thing to it. He was the closest <laughs> thing to it, but now we know that there is definitely a chief engineer. Plus mm-hmm. Gray 
That's the department that she works in. And quite often, that is also the department that Tilly works in. Do you see where I'm going? Mm -hmm. I think you mean Adira, right? Adira, yeah. Adira, Adira. I'm sorry. Right. Right. I think... Just my thoughts. I think, like, what if when Gray gets his new body that it's Adira that goes? Um, well, I mean, they might. I don't see that. Might a, leave I don't together. see that as a possibility. That's the only thing that I can consider. If yeah. anybody's going to leave, uh, if like if Stamets leaves, Doc's probably going to go with him. Yeah, you, if, you can't, if, can't really. After season one, you really can't. Yeah, separate same again. thing with with Gray and Adira. If if one leaves, they're going to lose no. the other one too. Um, but. Oh no! Long story short, <laughs> no, no. I mean, I honestly, I honestly couldn't tell you if we're going to lose one or who it might be because at this point, it's it's kind of an open book, you know. <laughs> no point. Oh, you, you you like what I did there? <laughs> but oh, we all pretty much safe and secure and saying the book ain't going nowhere. Once again, if he if he goes, Burnham is likely to go with him. Now, I will say this: if he goes and she doesn't, he's probably going to go off hunting for others of his kind, or going off to find himself or some other kind of thing trying to deal with the, the grief and, and process what happened to his planet. Oh, yeah. But I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon with Burnham around to, uh, you know, lick his wounds. Okay, so what about one of the helmsmen? Well, and see, this is where you start talking. I, I, I know, Jermaine, you said, let's, get, let's skip Detmer. But I'm going to bring her into this, okay? I like her attitude. I like her character. But... One of the key things that happened this episode is Detmer was supposed to fly Book's ship. Mm-hmm. Mm. But he's a better pilot in his ship, which yeah. tells me he'll be a better pilot for Discovery than Detmer is. He has a lifetime of experience. If anybody leaves, it's probably going to be her. My now, my reason for saying that is is multifold. Awushamu, oh, oh, or whatever her name is, she's not gonna like that. Awushamu, oh, <laughs> I don't know her name. Awudu, guys, he literally <laughs> said Awushamu. Like, I, I just, I, I just want that to I, be clear. Don't get me wrong, I like Detmer, I like what we've seen of her, but I want to make this very clear we haven't seen much of her. No, yeah. What do we know? What do we know about Detmer? She had some kind of weird something either happen in season two, and yep, had, had a major physical and, and had a major physical trauma. and psychological trauma, and we have no idea what that was. Yeah, it was just she was having all kinds of weird, distorted views and stuff, and not being able to see and focus. That was and all of a sudden, really, season really three. No, it wasn't. And then season three, she's sort of perfectly fine. Implant. Yeah. Yeah, we have and no like, idea oh, where that came okay. from or what it does. And it was enhanced with modern technology yeah. in season three, and it's now season four. Be a future storyline. I'm ho- I hope, but they really haven't given her anything to do. She's a pilot that freaks out when she's asked to make maneuvers. <laughs> she, <laughs> she panics well, I mean, last season. Last season, she panics at the helm. I mean, it reminds me. 
it reminds yeah, me and and, and here's really the thing before right oh sorry before uh the the whatever event happened that gave her physical and psychological trauma she was confident and, and almost yeah. to the point of being cocky good. you know your typical pilot mm-hmm. um but after it happened it's like her confidence was shattered and we haven't come to terms with that. We don't even know what happened to shatter her confidence. So does this stand to reason that it in there between season three and now four, we're about to we probably have seen and we'll see different points where the crew is going through what Tilly is going through right now, addressing their trauma? Maybe. I really hope so. Mm-hmm. You know, because not everyone is going to deal with it at the same time. No. If if you recall, first episode, I told you that we're gonna be talking about mental health, and mm-hmm. and somebody said, no, <laughs> yeah. no, we're not. No, no, we're not. I, we I said we can't do it for the whole season because <laughs> no, probably not. Uh, that, that I, I really hope not because that's we gonna drag the season down. But yeah, basically, if we start talking about mental health for the entire season, that's basically all we're gonna talk about. Yeah, because the the entire crew. I, I mentioned this before, but the entire crew is, <laughs> the, the is, is ship's counselor. messed up. Yeah, where where's Troy when you really need her? Right? <laughs> I mean, this they is the part where you actually out. do need Troy. Like this is a this is a moment. Yeah. Like, well, but, but 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 guess what? Culver is not only an MD, but he's also a psych a psychiatrist. Yeah, basically, I mean, he's right. the discovery version of a uh, flock. But I didn't get that vibe from him. No, they said it. They they said it on several episodes. But if you think about it, like he's always going around to people. He's talking to them. He's doing it in a friendly way. But yeah. it is, you know what I'm saying? He is doing his job with them. Yeah. But like speaking I- of, let, let's move on. Let's move on. We're okay. at 38 minutes. We're at 38 okay. minutes. We're at th- we, look, we could talk about all of this for hours and hours and hours. But <laughs> good. Personalism versus professionalism. So we're talking about, you know, like mental health. There are going to be some outbursts, right? People Mm -hmm. are going to do some things that are outside of who and what they normally are. Brian, can you talk to us about personalism versus professionalism? Well, uh, and and I mentioned this before to you guys. Um, I I know Burnham was dealing with that a lot in the, in the, the episode. Because she was trying to figure out the juxtaposition between whether or not to be a captain towards book or to be, you know, a a nurturer towards book. And Mm -hmm. she was walking a fine line there. But, I mean, I, I know that during the mission, she basically, you know, had to be a captain. But there came a time when Saru walked up to her. She's like, yeah, uh, you need to sort this out. And, you know, not not Captain Burnham, you know, but, you know, you need to figure this stuff out. So, you know, she basically, you know, private called him and was like, look, you know, I know this is tough. We got to get through this. When we get back, I'll I'll sit down and, and talk with you about all this stuff. But it, it's a very fine line between having to deal with the professionalism of, of being a captain, especially in front of other crew members, and basically, you know, trying to be an, a nurturing, supportive, significant other to somebody who just lost their entire world, literally. And yeah. 
it, it's it's kind of a difficult thing to figure out as to what to be. I I know I found in some of my personal relationships, sometimes, um, you know, you you have to be, you know, sweet and and tender and things of the nature. Sometimes you have to be a little forceful, you know, to get people to understand what's going on. And it's, it's not an easy line to walk sometimes because you honestly don't know what's going to be the right time to be forceful and when it's going to do more harm than good and when it's time to be sweet and tender and when that's not going to have any effect whatsoever. So you kind of have, it's, it's, it's trial and error. Basically there's, there's no, you know, owner's manual or anything like that to tell you how to do all this stuff. Quite right. Your thoughts, William? Um, I echo everything that Brian just said, um, but I, I gotta admit, um, <laughs> no, no, no. This is no, <laughs> I know, no, no. I'm messing around. No, uh, no. <laughs> this is literally what I was thinking, and this mm-hmm. is like on subject, but totally not on subject. I was just imagining Esri Dax on the Discovery right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit. <clears throat> um. Right. Like, I still Troy is the is 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 the not the prototype, but she is like what we think of when we think of a counselor. Yeah, like, she's honestly. the the model, she's the, yeah. the, the, the original. Model. Yeah. She's the OG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only yeah. because she was the first. You know, it's just like Spock. Well, you know, Spock. Yeah. Okay. Well, that that's something that I really wanted to go on. It's like I understand that the doctor has this background in. I'm sorry, psychology or counseling. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. So it's yes. kind of one and the same, really. It, it yeah, really yeah, is. Yeah. The, the difference is like he, he has a PhD, but because he's also an MD, he's he's a psychiatrist versus a psychologist. Yeah, it's, it's, okay. it's like flocks from Enterprise. You know, he okay. was a doctor, a psychologist, a, a veterinarian, a dentist, basically everything that he needed to be, you know, you know all in one. Yep. And, and maybe I don't know if it was written this way or if it was an actor's choice. Now, I remember all the way back uh, him talking the talk and even walking the walk, mm. but I personally didn't feel anything from that. Like, I got more from um, Riker's rendition of Enterprise's cook in the, in the final episode than I did the doctor in Discovery. Mm-hmm. Because it's just like, okay, if you are someone that I can talk to, I understand you just went through something, you know, dying and coming back, Spock, Spock world, you know, that's fine. But like, not saying your trauma trumps mine or mine or the other, but I'm just, I have me personally, and I'm crazy over this guy. I am, but I never got that vibe from him. So the neurotic, the, 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 the person with the, the neurotic tendencies on that show happens to be his husband. Right. So you see him dealing with his husband more than you see him dealing with, you know, everyone else on the show. And, and um, just just a just a hint of narcissism. But <laughs> that's, that's you're right. You're right. <laughs> I'm like I said, I am not feeling this. It's just like well, I know what he is. I know what he says. And he does a good job. But I mean, I it, it's also remember what, there was there Brandon, was a point on the show. I'm sorry, Brian. Go ahead. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of like what me and, and Brandon were talking about off show uh, uh, a little bit ago. It's like a, a lot of these characters on Discovery are, are kind of difficult to get emotionally invested in. They're you know, very it, it's almost, 
Yeah, they're it's very like, they're, they're, their characters are very hollow. You and know, it's it's sad. I want to get involved. Yeah, I want I mean, to we, like them. I want, want to, to get like attached. Do. I, I but do. they're so two dimensional. They're either angry or they're sad or they're friendly and then they're cold or they're outgoing and then they're reserved. There's there's very little play with their character and getting to know them and understanding. Now, maybe it's because we're spoiled and we're used to the 26 episode season where you can take four episodes to get to know someone before you jump into their four episodes past and their 10 episode legacy. I, I don't know, but I, I just Let feel me like... ask you a question, and, and I, I don't want to derail the conversation. No, you're fine. But, but because we're talking about it, let's let's look at Picard, because in a lot of mm-hmm. ways, that show is similar to this show in that there's a, you know, there's an arc, right? Um, and so we're able to see new characters on Picard. Um, are there, like, the new characters in Picard, were you able mm-hmm. to develop um, a feeling... Um, I- Okay. Okay. Let's let's hear about it. Let's hear about it. No. Um, first, well, the first thing I, I yeah, do yeah, ahead, love Brian. how in Discovery they did actually you know make a, a nod to Picard when they Agreed. were talking about Gray's body. It's, it's like, it's like I thought gave, that was really cool. They gave, but, they gave a hint know. to how it ends. They gave yeah. a hint. So, mm-hmm. But yeah. you know, continue. Okay. So so um, <laughs> there was one. Ca- well, oh, a I love them all. Okay, I did. <laughs> And to, to me, they, they were very lovable, lovable characters, and I love it, except how they killed some of them. But um, <laughs> I was, but I did not crack my first tier until um, I call him Picard's Romulan son. He's not. Who's the Who's the kid? Not Ichab. What is his name? Uh, the, the kid. The kid I, that I, I don't that remember his name. Doesn't he start with an L? The long hair. Yeah, I don't remember his I gotta name. Look, but I'm, apparently, I'm they look decided right to add a ninja to I, Star Trek. I totally so. date him now. Like, like, go ahead on him, the so Romulan him, kid, the kid, the kid the, that's mm-hmm. part of this same thing that um, Burnham's mother is a part of, if I'm not uh-huh. mistaken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, can, when he, Kander, whatever, something like that. When he broke down at the end of that show, I lost it. I hmm. lost it. I lost it. And that was the first time I cried. Well, the first time I cried was like tears of joy just for seeing Picard in general. You know, like, Elnor. I had oh Elnor. 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 I had no emotional connection to him, but I did have an emotional connection to the the neurotic on the show, the uh, the woman, the one that kept calling him um, uh, Jean J L. Oh, yeah, the, the like one that, that vapes and yeah, and, all, and, yeah. and she's a drunk and her kid has mm-hmm. nothing to do with her. Like that was the yeah. one that I that, that like, felt more real to me than pretty much anything Discovery had to offer at the time. If I if I can make this <clears throat> brief connection before I let Jermaine take us to the next segment, <laughs> I look I looked forward between Discovery and Picard. I just wanted to bring make this connection. I looked forward to the conversation between Stamets and Book the same way I looked forward to the conversation between Picard and Seven. That we and never I, really got. That's a, that's a fair. We point. never really got that conversation, right? Well, are Picard you talking about Picard? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They spoke. They spoke. Well, they, yeah, they but, did. but but they they acknowledged each other. That was that's that's exactly what I mean. And yeah, we're about to was, see more in season two, but um, I'm glad really that they hope, actually yeah. spoke versus the graphic novels I keep reading every night. You know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, well, look, look, we're at the 48 minute mark. We we don't have much time, so look, we're not. We're gonna move to our final segment. 
Um, and it, it look by design, this segment, well, for some reason I gave it 12 minutes, but we can't spend that much time on this. So what I want us to do is I want us to um, have a character analysis of, of certain characters. First, it's just a, you know, look, look, Bryce, he looks a whole lot like me. So, you know, before there was a book, it was a Bryce. And so on tonight's, not tonight's, on this episode, Anomaly, Bryce became a pivotal character. Brian, tell us what Bryce did and what were your thoughts about that? Um, it's, it's especially given what happened the first episode. Well, as, as I was saying, I haven't seen like the most recent episode that just came out. No, no, no. I'm talking but about episode two. The previous episode. Yeah, last week. Uh, if, if memory serves, because, you know, I've slept since then. Um, <laughs> he, he had some sort of suggestion that basically was the linchpin of the whole thing. Like, you know, he, he, you know, Saru actually like, hey, that was that was a good job, you know, you know, pat on the back and all. Um, I don't remember exactly what it was, because, like I said, I, I, I kind of, you know. Well, basically, he said that you can. Other? Oh, right. Yeah. It was the surfing thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The way. Yeah. Um, the wave. The waves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The surfing the way. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so basically, he's like, yeah. So I did this thing and this might help. And, you know. But yeah, I mean, he was basically being, you know, an actual crew member by offering suggestions. And that, that <laughs> I, I will say this, uh, that, that is one thing that I haven't really seen a lot on, on the, the bridge of discovery because everybody just seems to content, you know, seems content to follow, you know, Burnham's orders most of the time. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. um, but... Oh. It was it was kind of like I see your point. It's kind of like a um a callback to TNG, like yeah. or even Voyager, like someone random would like have an idea and they would just say it, and it wasn't the the commanding officer who came up with all of the ideas. Right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, as far as I can tell, he he basically is like, okay, so this thing, uh, you know, it might work, and it's basically our only shot. So. You know, might as well give it a try, and if it works, great, yay! <laughs> I mean, Yo, I'm sorry, I'm dying laughing because they're having a conversation <laughs> on private chat, and they are but, killing but, me. <laughs> but but you're not wrong. The black Brandon. one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, you're not wrong, it. Brandon. Sorry, I had to say it for Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> the black one. I mean, it's it's not even it's not even that. I just I don't know who it it know, it's taken to, me it's taken me four seasons to figure Bryce. out that Tilly's name is not no, no that, not that proves our point Tyleum or something. I'm like what that the proves hell? our point about character development. If I don't remember your name, that means I don't I don't right. I don't right. Yeah, I have I'm no attachment to what I was to saying you. earlier. You know, it's been hard we're to get emotionally attached to. We're in season four, and I don't know. Half the crew. I no, know I, half of them. I know Burnham. I know Tilly. I know Saru. I know Saru. Detmer. Up, I know up until De a couple of days that's ago, it. I didn't yeah. remember Adira's yeah. name. 
Exactly. I, <laughs> I still yeah, have I, to be reminded I, who I that like, is. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. Even Jermaine, even Jermaine oh, that's this like, person. Gray. And I was like, Gray? No. Yeah, who's Gray? Gray? It's like, uh, who, who's, who are these people and how are we supposed and to had, care? Had he not said Gray, I wouldn't even remember what his name was. Right? <laughs> here's, here's I actually didn't remember part. him until he mentioned. Like, who are uh, these people? Like, yeah. Sad and, part. Like, I like, no, yeah. It's no I like disrespect to Discovery. There's no, no. disrespect to Discovery. But it kind of like goes and improves the point that we were trying to make. If we don't know anything about you, well, we know a lot about it. But if we don't know enough to be emo- emotionally invested in you and that to the point where we don't know your name, yeah. I, I'm sorry. That's a writing issue to me. Like, it really and, is. And, and, and who no, the hell they could be written off the show and it's not going to kill me. I've never understood that. Well, so I'm sorry. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> stop. Y'all, please I'm stop. There are like three <laughs> different conversations <laughs> going on all at <laughs> once. <laughs> it's wrong. It is blasting. It is chaotic. It is like, I will get Kalis on their asses because this is wrong. in my car to drive around the corner and I run out of gas before I can even get to know my car. Like, that don't make no sense. I'm but y'all, Awushamu, what did you think about Awushamu? That's... <laughs> <laughs> That's that's the other that's the other dreadlock gal, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. She, she's the one that sits at ops. Yeah, yeah. she's ops. I don't I'm know like, her name. It's a Wushu move. Who they are? <laughs> Usually, there are seven solid characters in every Trek show. In Discovery, there's like a solid fifteen, <laughs> and I'm like, who's the, who's that guy? It's a lot of well, redundancy, they, y'all. They it's a lot positions. of positions. We have no idea who's gonna be up on who like who's what's what's Ready. that phrase? Who's on deck, right? I need no to idea know who's gonna be what? on deck. I didn't even know who's that security officer. Yeah. I didn't even know they had an android on it until she died in the last season. Exactly. Yeah, oh, I knew that. Right. I knew that. I didn't know her name, but I knew that. Now, I knew all now, of that. I pay now, attention now. to stuff like that. Now, I, now I'll say this. I'll say this because we got six minutes left. I was emotionally invested in that one chick who decided to stay behind in the last season. No, 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 no rule. Because, because I was familiar with her species from TNG. Okay. Yes. So, so, exactly. So I already, knew, I already, I know you. Okay, and I, yeah. I can see why you would want to stay. Like because we know about your people. We know about their initial beliefs. And we know about the current beliefs, and we know about the burn and uh, correlation and all that. And 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 then you know, like other species. So that now, even though it wasn't much, it gave me something to yeah. make me miss her. Just like I was emotionally invested, which I I'm pretty sure we can all say that for um, Emperor Jojo, like oh, oh. in the last season. How could oh. you not be? How could you? You not weren't. Be? Oh my I god! I, I never liked her character. I it was kind never of like me. But here's the thing: you got to know her character enough to make a decision whether you liked yes. her or not. Exactly. Yeah. Now, in, in an I, odd, I crazy way, that... I was I was glad to see her go. That's what? that's where I was at. I think it was perfect. I think her timing was perfect. Her, her, the timing in which she left it was perfect. And let me tell you why: for someone like me, who like I delighted in the fact that Deep Space Nine was so dark, right? Because mm-hmm. I got to see a different side of the Federation. Jarjo for me represented the dark side of Federation, 
right? So much so that she was part of the mirror universe, right? So, and what they did towards the end was they saw that she actually did change, right? It One of those shows, it reminded us that she's changing, right? She made different decisions. And so when and if a Section 31 show comes along, I'm ready for it. What are y'all talking about? So dark, they had a black cat. You see? <laughs> <laughs> y'all need to read these uh, these private chats. <laughs> but then they wouldn't be private, would they? <laughs> but uh, but no, like I said, reactions. I do it for the meme reactions. As far as like being like, see, see, Giorgio, she wasn't dark being Starfleet. Lorca was dark being Starfleet. Giorgio was just dark. I like Lorca's character. Yeah. Um, but he, he was at least trying to to play the, you the, know, the he, role. he was playing Captain on TV, as it is were. It, is it sad that I was more attached to his character than anybody else in the crew? No. I thought we were going to see him come back. Off, I thought he was going to come back. When they wrote him off, the... I'm just like, well... There goes my only attachment to this. I know I'm supposed to be attached to Burnham. I, I can't stand her. I for, absolutely for me, can't. The, I, the, for me, the I, connection I, is uh, Tilly, because Tilly kind of reminds me of of Barkley from from TNG, and I, I always oh, liked no. his character. I, I always thought I, it was Stamets. I always thought Adira was more more of Barkley because she clumsy as hell. Their clumsy as hell. Well, like, I mean, you know, Barkley had all, all these have issues. Opinion. You know, like the hollow addiction. He was like always anxious, nervous as all hell. Didn't you know want to talk to anybody? And and Tilly seems like the only crew member that really like legitimately freaks out over stuff. You know, because I mean, she she gets emotionally invested in whatever she's doing you know everybody else oh it's I, just a job i think they all do i think they show it in different ways yeah honestly but but i'm, Tilly, I'm actually attached to me to seems saru. more real than a lot of the other i can see does. you being attached to saru. i'm attached to saru that's yeah. that's who i like because he's torn between starfleet and his people right yeah that's really oh. what gets me right now I don't know who I'm attached to because it's like I don't want to give like a typical answer like, oh, I'm attached to Michael Burnham for obvious reasons um, because I'm trying not to do that. I would say that if I were attached to anybody, I am right now taking a... Um... Oh, Jesus. Probably Stamets. I my hate own. his character. I absolutely I, hate his character. Like, like, I want him to die. I didn't write. I didn't write the damn thing. Okay. Like I'm attached I, to Book's cat. Does that count? Yeah, Book's cat. Thank you. I'll take that you know, one. You cannot be Star Trek without a pet. You cannot be Star Trek without a pet. Every I mean, Star Trek show, I believe, has a pet somewhere. Yep. Picard had Livingston. Archer had uh, Porthos. Oh, yeah. Who the hell is Livingston? The fish. The lionfish. The fish. Yeah. Fish. How do you not remember the fish? I yeah. thought we were going on, on like general, I mean that's cool, but I remember, I was thinking spy, like data's cat. Like well, you know, I mean, I'm I'm talking just the captain's pets to be Oh, honest. captain's pets. Oh, see, now that that that's the topic. Okay, okay, because I because I know different we got topic for yeah. different yeah. Jermaine, Jermaine, we got let me ask, we got question. Let me ask yeah. you this Quickly. question. Did you play uh, Marie's video yet? Oh Lord, I did not. Y'all. Okay, so I was supposed okay. to I was supposed to. Play. This is actually a good uh, outro too. So look quickly. We're gonna watch this and then we're gonna we're gonna okay, do our okay. outro. Click, click the one I just uploaded. 
Hi, everybody. I am Marie Brownhill, and unfortunately, I wasn't able to be here for uh, the live stream, so you get me in absentia. Um, one of the things I really want to talk about with respect to um, this particular episode is that Anomaly is largely about grief, and it presents two competing visions of how to handle grief. Um, the first is how Book isolates himself and all the other characters tend to isolate themselves with respect to their grief. Um, because grief is a profoundly isolating experience. Saru is right. Each one of us has to walk through our experience of grief independently. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Okay, guys, we officially have our first recorded blooper. Uh, yeah. All right. Marie, take it away, girl. <laughs> okay, can't go any further. Yeah, we're going to get better with the audio. That's actually the only video, William, that I see. Um, so let's close this out. Let's close this out. Um, this ends our third live episode of Trekkers Delight Programming. Next week, we are going to provide you all with additional content. Yes, we hope you enjoy. We'll enjoy Mondays, LGB Trek, Tech Tuesdays, Wednesdays, What If Wednesdays, and Fight the Patriarchy. Of course, Thursdays live show with all of us. Fridays, News Flash Friday, and our Section 31 Saturdays. We talked about Section 31 a lot today. Please like, follow, subscribe, add, comment, and share to stay delighted in Trek. As always, I'm Jermaine Watson, and thank you for listening or watching Trekkers Delight. May you have peace and long life. Kaplan.